Hello and welcome to Dealing with Difficult Customers. It's episode 39 of the American Coin-Op podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Beggs. While the vast majority of customers visiting your vended laundry may be pleasant and respectful, every so often one will come in who's feeling the pressures of the day and act out in anger or frustration. Dealing with someone like that is never easy and may require certain skills to diffuse the situation. Joining me today to discuss dealing with difficult customers is customer service and experience expert and best-selling author, Shep Hyken. Shep works with companies and organizations that want to build relationships with their customers and employees. His articles have appeared in hundreds of publications, and he's the author of eight books. His latest, titled I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again, was released in September. Hi, Shep. Thank you for being my guest on the American Coin Up podcast. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's just dive right in. Before conflict arises, talking about dealing with difficult customers, before conflict arises, is it possible to pick up signs that someone's probably going to become difficult or grow angry if things don't go their way? And if there is, what, what kind of signs are there? I think what you're asking me for is, can we watch, look, observe, and see something coming? And I don't think you can unless you're a mind reader. But what you can do is you can see certain signs. Obviously, if somebody's aggravated, they're upset, they're saying things and acting a certain way. But I think it's really important to find out after the fact, too, did you make the customer happy? If somebody's sending you an email, writing you a letter, picking up the phone and calling you, you know, you want to, you know, hope for the best, but expect that it could be a customer uh, who's not happy. And you've got to have in your mind and your preparation, what you've learned, the tools needed to derail the anger, to diffuse the confrontation and to resolve the issue. So when encountering a difficult customer, as you just described, what should a laundry attendant or the business owner do immediately to try to diffuse the situation? What I'm going to give you is a five-step process. It's very simple, and every employee needs to understand these five steps. Number one and two are interchangeable, so you can start with one or start with two, and that is to acknowledge and apologize. And I'll give you examples in a moment. Number three is to fix what needs to get fixed or discuss what's going to happen as far as a resolution is concerned. Number four is to take ownership of the situation. And number five is to act with urgency. You can say anything to acknowledge, for example, wow, I, I can see you're upset. I would be upset if that happened to me too. You know, right. th yeah. that's just some acknowledging statement. And uh, number two is I apologize that this happened to you. So let's figure out what we need to do. I need to get you, you know, I need to get the machine reset. I need to get you your money back, whatever, you know, and, and get you a different machine, whatever it is, let's discuss what the resolution is. Number four is you don't say to the customer, hey, I just work here. Uh, I don't own the place that that's, you know, right. that is non ownership type of behavior. And, and so what you want to do is say, thanks for letting me know uh, I'm here to help you out. You know, you take that ownership. And, and number five is how quickly can you get it done? Let me give you a very generic example. I went to a restaurant with a group of people once this was going to be a bad experience. I could tell the moment the server started with us, but when it came time uh, to drop the salads, uh, it was the, the course, the main, you know, the, the restaurant, the courses were being served. The salads come. We all had a salad. It was the same salad, except the guy next to me, his salad looked like most of it was gone already. It had fallen <laughs> off the plate. I don't know what. So there's eight of us sitting around and my friend says, look at my salad. I go, you should say something. And he says, excuse me, sir, but look at my salad. Uh, how come they got really nice 
you know, big full plates of salad. And it looks like most of mine's already gone. And this is what the guy says. I don't make them. I just serve them. And then wow. he walked away. I thought he was joking until he walked away. I thought there's no way he's going to say what he just said without some follow-up, but this is what he meant. And my friend looks at me, he says, oh my, I bet you have something to say about that. I said, oh yes, I do. And it was, it was just the most inappropriate way of handling it. Now, what would a good server have done? Well, first of all, a good server would have probably noticed that there was a problem with that salad and got it fixed before the customer ever even knew there was a problem. Let's say, same scenario, the salads are on the table. My friend says to the server, excuse me, but what's wrong with my salad? And the, sal and the server looks and says, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't notice that. There's your acknowledgement. I am so sorry. Let me take it in back and get you a new one right away. And with that sentence, let me take it back. That's ownership. Let me take it back and get you a new one. That's the resolution. Let me do it right away. That's the sense of urgency. So you had the acknowledgement, the apology right there in the front and the rest of it was taken care of. And then of course, execution is key. You get it done properly, but that's a very overly simplistic example. But these five steps are really important for people to know, Hey, it may not be your fault. It may be completely unrelated, but it's still our opportunity to try to win that customer over and let them know that they're doing business in a place that they want to do business with. Right now, when you're in a laundromat, uh, you know, and, and there are other customers around and let's say that, that I am a customer and I became, I become angry because my machine ate my quarter or whatever the case may be. So how do the surroundings figure into resolving conflict? Should the owner try to relocate so the conversation can't be overheard by other customers, particularly if this customer is, is extremely angry or outspoken? Yes, of course, you don't want to create a scene in front of everyone else. This type of situation could become a spectator sport. <laughs> and that's what we're trying to avoid. So, hey, I appreciate your, your concern and your, your, hey, would you come over here and let's discuss it out of the way of everyone else and just be nice about it. I appreciate your concern. I appreciate your situation. I would be upset if that happened as well. I'm so sorry. Hey, let's step over here so we can talk about it privately or where it's, you know, we're not going to be bothering anyone else. And I think most people are willing to do that. Now, there are customers that are going to be just, I don't know, what's the right word I'm looking for? Unreasonable is a good way of saying it. It's a nice way of saying it. Right. And there are certain customers that you may not want to, uh, that, are, that are toxic, that may be harmful, you know, uh, to the environment from the standpoint of the way they act, their disrespect toward others, their disrespect toward you maybe even the disrespect they have toward your employees, if that's the case. And if that starts to happen, we need to give that customer the choice if they want to calm down, settle down, work things out, or go find another laundromat. Uh, let me jump to another question, something that we've all had to deal with. The coronavirus pandemic, it's required us to make significant changes in the way that we live and we interact with each other. And that includes mask mandates and social distancing. Have these circumstances increased the likelihood that businesses will have to deal with difficult or angry customers? I mean, do you think that customers oh, in general are, are a little more on edge than perhaps yes. they were prior to the pandemic? I don't think they're on edge. I think customers may have, have made a decision that they either want to comply or not. And the ones that do not want to comply, it, it becomes an issue because if we have real, you know, I know the types of employees that we might have in our laundromats. These are not, you know, 
professionally trained customer service reps. Mm -hmm. These are people that are there to support. They're paid appropriately. You know, we, we do what we can to train them with what we need. But here's what I want you to consider. They're not enforcement. They're not like the cop. So when you have somebody in your laundromat, their goal is to make sure everything's running smoothly and customers are happy. It's yes. not their job to uh, be the tough, the tough guy, for lack of a better term. And we need to make it real clear to them that they should not put themselves in a position that's going to start an argument that can turn into an altercation and ideally not a physical altercation. Depending upon where you are and how you are enforcing the rules, it may be as uh, simple as, hey, I, you know, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And I'm really sorry, but that's the way we have to do it. And if the customer chooses not to leave, pick up the phone, call the authorities, call your manager, you know, do what you have to do. But it's out of concern and safety for not only your employee, but for all of the other customers that are in the laundromat as well. Where is the average business person most likely to fail when it comes to resolving customer conflict? Wow, great question. And I bet you there's about a half a dozen answers I can give you, but the first one that's coming to my mind is not knowing there's a problem to begin with. And um, that's that's the most, I call that the dangerous customer. <laughs> and, and that's the customer that you think is happy that's not because they didn't complain, uh, you know? Uh, and you so know. you actually want customers to complain to you. Uh, the complaint is a gift. And when you understand what the complaint is, you can resolve it, you can fix it. You could let the customer know that you care enough to want to try to make the effort to make things right. But if they're just going through the motions and they're not happy, but they don't complain, you don't know. So what's the best way of doing it? Ask the customer. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how everybody runs their businesses, but if it were my business, uh, I would be wanting to find out who's in my laundromat. Can I get your name and email? Because every once in a while, I'm going to send you a, a coupon or I'm going to send you a a promotion. And uh, by getting that information, I know that every once in a while, I might even be able to send a survey and get some feedback. In a scenario involving an angry or a difficult customer, what does the best case result look like? You not only fix the problem, but you restore the confidence for that customer to want to come back. It, you know, And I'm going to get to a foundational concept that I talk about that isn't about customer complaints, but it's important to understand. There's something called a moment of truth. I didn't come up with this. Jan Carlson came up with this long, long time ago. He ran an airline that was losing millions of dollars. This was like in the 1980s. And he wrote a, a, an article and eventually a book about it. And that's how I learned about it. The idea is every customer, when they contact you or they come into contact with any aspect of your business, even the smallest remote aspect, they're going to form an impression. And Jan Carlson says, we need to make the impression a good impression. Okay, so that's foundational. Every interaction needs to be positive. If they interact with your equipment, it needs to be positive. It needs to be working. The environment needs to be uh, ha have a standard of cleanliness to it to make com customers feel comfortable. But here, here's the point. There's three ways that moment of truth can go. It can be a moment of misery, which is a complaint or a problem or a bad experience. A moment of mediocrity, which is average, satisfactory, just okay, or a moment of magic. So it's anything that's better than just okay. And it's the companies that can create consistent and predictable, tiny bit above average experiences. Those are the ones that win. Now, when there's a problem, we want our customers to say, you know, they took care of me and they did it in such a way to make them come back. So here's what I want you to think about. 
number one, I want those positive experiences to be consistent and predictable to where your customers always say things like, you know, I like doing business with them. Why do you go to that one instead of the one that's down the street? You know what? Because, you know, the guy in there or the gal in there, she's so friendly. She's always friendly. She's always helpful. The word always. Um, you know, whenever I have a question, she's so knowledgeable. She's always knowledgeable. And I know when there's a problem, they will always take care of me. And so what you're doing is you're creating this confidence through the predictable experience. And when your customers use the word always to describe what's happening next, and it's positive, even when there's a problem, I know I can always count on them to take care of me. You know, that's when you know you're operating in that zone of amazement. And when you have a complaint and you resolve it in the five steps that I talked about earlier, with acknowledgement and apology, you, you fix it, you own it, and you act with urgency, that's a pretty good remedy for success. And a lot of companies, as simple as this idea is, don't act like that and create friction that's unneeded. But what you want your customers to say is, you know what, even, you know, I put, a, I put my money in there and, you know, the machine didn't work. You know what, they were so fast and they came over and they want to make sure that I was happy. And they moved me to another machine. I love going there because even when there's a problem, I know they, I can always count on them. Well, as I wrap up today's episode, Shep, and thank you for everything, is there anything else about dealing with difficult customers that you'd like to add? You're not looking to win an argument. You're trying to win the customer. So don't get yourself in a confrontational situation. Recognize that these customers have many places they can go, or not maybe many, but other options where they can go to do what you do, and you want them to come to you, and you're not going to do it by just being mediocre. Shep Hyken is a customer service and experience expert and a best-selling author. Thank you for being my guest today on the American Coin Op Podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. The American Coin Op Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC Chicago. Music is written by Nazar Ryback and provided by Hook Sounds. Our podcasts are available free at our website, AmericanCoinOp.com. And you can consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter, to learn about future episodes. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about the podcasts, along with news and information from around the industry. For the American Quinault Podcast, this is Bruce Beggs, saying your cycle is up. <laughs>